stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning. The call of Matthew has to be one of the most drastic calls to a lost man. You know, Jesus came to save the lost. And to do that, you have to be not only a very liberal Christian in terms of how to approach it, in terms of how to share it, but you have to know their needs. See, we, we do well by ministering to, the, to those who have been saved. But many, as far as ministering to those that are lost, we, we really know very little. It's an amazing thing that uh, the church stands covered, isolated, and simply not able to reach the lost. I'm talking about people that are murderers, people that are uh, big-time sinners. I'm talking about evil. I'm talking about witchcraft. I'm talking about all kinds of lost people that... uh, curse and damn the kingdom with their mouths every time they open it. And so I want to read this text today and share with you my experience as an evangelist for over 50 years on how, how God brought me to bring the gospel to the lost. It says this, after these things, and he's talking about... Uh, uh, when the power of the Lord was present to heal them in, in front of the Sadducees and the, and the Pharisees and all of that. And, uh, and uh, uh, there was a crippled man, remember, in Matthew chapter uh, chapter 5, uh, verse 17 through 26. So I'm on verse 27. So after these things, mean after that crippled man took the bed up there in Capernaum and move on. Remember that. It says, after these things, he went forth. Now, this idea of winning forth is one of the secrets on how to win the lost. Because if Jesus went forth and simply met Matthew as a simple occurrence, then it's a different thing. But he's led of the Spirit of God. And so a Christian has to be led of the Spirit of God to find the lost, or he's simply just recoils back to his own cave and continues to take care of the nitty-gritty of every day. And when finding the lost is only possible going forth. And he saw. Now, I don't think when Jesus, the Son of God, saw, it simply means he is just saw. When he said he saw, the miracle is already completed. Just the idea of seeing. The same thing with the widow of Naim. When Jesus saw the, the, the woman crying because her only son died, the man, the, the, the boy began to breathe. When, when a leper called Jesus from above and, and said, Mercy, Son of God, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus saw. So there is a, a marriage between the gifts of discernment of spirits and the activity of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have that, You're blind as a door. You can do programming. You can do big, big meetings. Because nothing happens until God, by the Spirit and by the Holy Spirit, sees 
thing. By the way, he doesn't heal 15,000, 10,000 people at the same time. He heals one at a time. And so the size of the meeting does not indicate the presence of God. Because when the presence of God is present, there's a tremendous amount of conviction. And this person is ministered to. Jesus did one after one after one after one. Don't debate with me now. Because we, we have this idea that the only way the kingdom operates is to have a thousand people. It doesn't work that way. Now, that's why, that is why offerings, and that's why invitations to come forth is so critical. Invitation is as powerful as the message itself. So it says, After these things he went forth and saw a publican named Levi. Now, the name of this publican, of tax collector, is Matthew. Sitting at the receipt of the custom. It's a very lucrative uh, occupation. Not only uh, lucrative, but uh, uh, very much uh, sought to, to earn money and earn a lot of money. And he, Jesus, said unto him, to Matthew, follow me. Now, this follow me, it's actually a call of the Son of God to a very lost publican, tax collector. And because, because he was a tax collector, and because of the erroneous way in which he did business, see, you, you collect more than you're supposed to collect in order to become rich. It's sinning with money. Love of money is the root of all evil. And so you begin... Jesus approached with a command, follow me. Now, can you actually, in your personal life, minister to the lost by saying, follow me? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I want to give you some experiences in this area, because the nature of the Holy Spirit operates differently than, than, in me, than other people, and other people than you and I. It's individual. It's individualistic approach of the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit of God operates with a command. So let's take a look at that and see. Let me, let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. When, when, when Matthew said what he needed to, to say, it was a command to the man. I think it's working. I'm not too sure, but I think it is. What do you mean by command? Many times as you travel to countries like Peru and Cuba and Brazil and Israel, I will see somebody sitting, listening to the Word. Like in a Bible study in Capernaum. Like in a Bible study in the Pool of Bethesda right there. Uh, 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 on the Lion's Gate. And suddenly, as I was ministering to, a crowd of Koreans began to approach our group, and there were close to a hundred of them, and they sort of engulfed around. Now, that was a move of the Spirit. But I noticed that in one of the Korean women, something special. And I hear the Lord say to, to, to me toward her, Come forth. You come, you come here. Now, that was a command. And when I prayed with her, 
the Lord saved her. And she fell forward, began to yell and scream and cry. And, uh, and of course, she was in, was in bondage. And, and the group came to help. And, and the, everybody wanted me to pray. And we want to get out of there because we had a, a, a meeting down the street and a, and a, and a, for lunch. <laughs> in other words, lunch won, won the battle. Now, it was a command. You see, I, I saw that in Brazil. The service is about to begin. I'm coming to the pulpit, and I begin to look at the congregation a little bit, and there's a man there. I was at Mount Bethel uh, Church in Atlanta this last two weeks ago on the 930 service, and there was a man on my left, and I looked at him, and I saw, and I said, you come. Now, that's the same command. If the Holy Spirit is bringing and commanding someone to come to the altar or to receive prayer, there's a healing involved. And of course, uh, I believe that uh, uh, Big Tucker had a meeting with Jesus in that meeting. That's the name of the man. He had a meeting because I heard that same authority and command, Come, follow me, do this. So the one that ministers, when they see a need... You can respond to the need by taking authority and command something to be done. This is exactly what happens here. So the ministry to the lost has to have authority that when he shows up and you know that there's something going on with that person, you say it, come here, I want to pray for you. Instead of the person asking you to pray for her or for him, you say to that person, come forth. This is exactly what Jesus did. He said... Jesus said unto him, Matthew, follow me. Follow me. I want to share with you a ministry of a church in Brazil. It's got got, uh, over 2,000 auditoriums throughout the country of Brazil. It's got to be one of the most aggressive ministries. Their sanctuary sits 25,000. They have in Sao Paulo, Brazil, the largest auditorium that sits about 30,000 people. It's Evangelical Church of the Kingdom of God. Igreja Universal do Reino de Deus. Igreja Universal do Reino de Deus. That's the name of it. Evangelical Church of the Kingdom of God. You can go into the website and, 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 and Google uh, uh, the name of the church. Igreja Universal. That's how they, if you go to the website, put Igreja or Church. I-G-R-E-J-A Universal. That's how you Google it. As you go and find out what's involved in that website, you're going to learn something specifically. They have grown into 5 million membership by conducting deliverance to the broken, the poorest, the most meanest form of humanity you can find in the world. As a matter of fact, everybody in that church came out of hell to Jesus. Now, what are their technique? How do they actually operate in terms of deliverance and healing? Number one, they throw water on you. I've done that a lot in the last five years, and, uh, and God has operated proper things. Now, Rick, where did you find the idea of throwing water on people? Well, remember Ezekiel, as, as, as 
they returned from captivity and came came back to to the promised land from from captivity, Babylon, captivity of seventy years. Ezekiel says, I'll throw water on you and I'll cleanse you. When Moses built the tabernacle in the Median Desert, the tabernacle of Moses, made out of goat's hair, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful settings. Moses, as God begins to consecrate the priests, he bathed them, but he threw water and blood all over the furniture. And so God sees water as a cleansing. We're baptized by water. In Brazil, you can see several times as they take salt and they anoint the salt and they throw over the congregation and people fall on the floor 5, 15, 20, 30 and their lives are drastically changed. Now, I'm not saying to you that we're going to do that in America. It's a specialized ministry. And we live in, 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 in Atlanta, and our, and our ministry is sophisticated ministry to the lost and to the needy. There are other ways. But one of the things that uh, distinguishes the salvation of Matthew is that it took a different approach. First, the command, follow me. And, and the response is confirmation that the invitation had power in it. The same power there was on Jesus when he met the doctors of the law of Galilee and Judea in Jerusalem about the crippled man that came from the roof in Capernaum and Jesus healed him. The same power is present. And the response here is, and he left all. Who he? Matthew. He left all. What do you mean left all? You're talking about you know, a $50,000, $20,000 job in those days to collect taxes. And he left all the money. So power equals the response of what God has done. To save the lost, you have to have power. You have to have a different technique. You have, in other words, to inform them and to bring them into a social understanding of the problems of, of, of what's happening in culture. Won't do it. The power of God is superior than culture. The power of God is superior than intellectualism, rationalization, pride, and ego. The power of God stands <coughs> by itself and will not mix itself with what men wants and men does. The problem is that leaders need to be open to the idea that uh, it takes a different approach. You know, I, I'll tell you uh, an interesting thing, how I do it. For instance, now and then as I travel to one church and the other, I do a chant, and I learned that from Eugene Dunn, Eugene Thomas. Eugene Thomas is a Bible teacher in our ministry. Dr. Eugene Thomas lives in Arlington, Virginia, and uh, he, he, he does communion services by singing. Uh, la, 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 la. And he does the, the response from the membership and the response, and we take communion by singing back and forth. Well, I begin to do hallelujah. Well, that's a, that's a different way of doing deliverance, isn't it? Because I take authority over spirits of rejection. I take authority over evil. I take authority over spirit of suicide. 
Now, that has its place in the life of the church. That has its place in the proper time, in, in the proper movement, in the proper moment. And I want you to know that every time I've done that, God has moved in power and done wonderful things. And so, Jesus is going into a tax collector that knew money, loved money, worked years to make money. And suddenly, he leaves everything, rise up and follow Jesus. <laughs> so what happened here? Just a, a better opportunity to gain more money? No, no, there was no money following Jesus. And look what happens after that power. So first, I want to tell you that if you minister to people in need, people that are uh, probably as lost as a jaybird in New York City, you have to follow the semantics, which is the language, the behavior, the modulation, how to handle, how to approach, how to soft and to, and to back up, and how to... of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is like the color of the, of, of the spectrum of light. It's got dark in it, it's got light in it, it's got blue in it, it's got glory in it. When you look at the sanctuary at the time of the first temple, Temple of Solomon, in the evening, as people look from all over Israel to that mountain called... Uh, 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 where Moses, where, where, where Jacob, Abraham tried to sacrifice his son Isaac. That's right. Abraham sacrificed his son Isaac. Is that right, guys? Okay. At that particular moment, the glory of the Lord filled where, 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 where they were on, on, on that mountain. And as the temple was built, the top of the temple filled with amber of colors and green and blue and purple and white and, and thunder and lightning. That, that's the, that's, the, that's the, uh, the, the nature of the Holy Spirit of God. The problem is that we go to seminary and they teach us how not to move. I remember that uh, the North Georgia Conference, the, the Board of Ordained Ministry, will only select preachers that would stay in the pulpit and not move around. It's too much. And suddenly you're talking about a united Methodist church who is not united anymore and is losing its, uh, its grip on direction and purpose and meaning. And is bound to go bankrupt. Now tell me this. Listen to me. How can you understand the lost? You can't. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to cause you. You know, let me, let me tell you another story. I, I'm in the altar with a bunch of people. And there came a woman. I know her name. I know where she is. And I don't want to mention her name and where she is because it's a, it's a private thing. But I told her to jump. Just do a little jumping. And so she begins to jump. And she jumped until I told her to stop. And her arthritis was completely healed in that single moment. Months after that, she said, Rick, something left me. I don't know why. Something healed me. I don't know why. And so dealing with the lost, it takes a different approach. You have to understand this, that you can't be normal when you minister to the lost. You have to be creative. But you don't have to be. The Holy Spirit is creative. He makes all kinds of things. For instance, we're in Athens, Georgia, 10 years ago, at Rekindle the Flame Conference, which this year is going to take place at Mount Bethel Church in Marietta, Georgia. 
You've got to be there for this conference. If you're not going to go, you're going to lose one of the greatest experiences of your lifetime. Well, you see, I, myself, was totally... Uh, I couldn't understand because the women began to run around the sanctuary and, and the, the civic center in a line, and they began to run and began to run and began to... And the Lord changed my sermon completely. I was in a pulpit thinking about preaching about something else, and suddenly I'm about on something else, and it all changed. Why does movement change? Because the gift of healing, the word of not, the, the faith working of a miracles, work is energia, meaning it's moving from point A to point B. It's energia, movement, jumping or singing. Okay, let's finish this. And the Levi, which is Matthew, made him, Jesus, a great feast in his own house. Had money. He just called the restaurants and told them, bring him food. There will be a hundred people in my house. And there's a great company of publicans and others who sat down with them. A great company. I don't know. I mean, that was an IRS meeting for all the tax collectors of Judea and 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 uh, and, and, and and the Galilees and in Jerusalem and below. They all came to Capernaum to the call of Matthew, as Matthew celebrated the power of God, calling him into. If you read the book of Matthew, you're going to be overwhelmed by the accuracy the discernment, the power. And that doesn't come from any publican or any tax collector. That comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, depending on your call. So, so others sat down with them, and others who sat down with them. Suddenly, the most not accepted, the most rejected, the most accused, the most belittled people, tax collectors, became people that were in the presence of Jesus, in the house of Matthew, celebrating a wonderful feast of what God had done in the life of Matthew. Now, do you see the power? If you don't see the power, then then, then i got to slap you in the face. <laughs> i got to do something. The power is on follow me. The power was, was an authority. Power was the authority of the voice and the vocal cords of the Son of God to a lost man, follow me. And so dealing with the lost, sometimes you have to do that. You just have to say, come in here, stand, jump, in the name of Jesus. And you, you just go out of, out of the normal. Well, I told you that Mount Bethel, uh, it happened, I happened to do that on, 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 on Big Tucker. The name of this, this man that was there is about my age. And he came forward and I prayed with him. And I, I, I couldn't understand what happened. You don't call anybody, embarrass somebody. You just do it. So, now, let's take a look at the response from the church leaders because it's very important. See, the move of God occurred. Follow me was the move of God. So let's see. But their scribes, ah, there it goes again, experts of the law of Moses and Pharisees, the fundamentalist religious party in Israel murmured against his disciples. You know, every time the move of God occurred, somebody's going to say, Rick is out of his mind. Rick is no good. Rick is bad. And let me tell you, I've come to a point in my life where I don't particularly consider you whatsoever who criticizes me. I don't care. 
you, you, you don't mean much to me. But I have to say to you in the name of Jesus, shut up. In the name of Jesus, be convicted that the, you can't control the power of God. I have to say to you because you have been critical without understanding this. And so he said, murmured against the disciples of Jesus, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? <laughs> I'll tell you a beautiful story, and, uh, and, and I, I have proof of that. Bob Tuttle, along with all the seminary students of Garrett Theological Seminary, 30 of them jumped on a Delta flight from Atlanta, and we headed to Brazil. I went in the bathroom, and the piano hinges of that door broke down, and I couldn't get out. So I began to sing, How Great Thou Art. And as you know, when I open my mouth to sing, <laughs> in Kentucky, they can hear me. You know, I have a pair of lungs that's about bigger than my... The doctor said to me, Rick, you're the biggest pair of lungs I've ever seen in my life. They're big. And so when I began to sing, Hallelujah! <laughs> and I began to sing, Then sings my soul. The whole airplane repeated the same song. How great thou art. And they all be singing, How great thou It was a party of close to a hundred people, Baptists, going to Rio de Janeiro to preach the gospel. Now, I don't know why that door wouldn't open it. Okay, it was about an hour before they will actually find a way to break the, the lock on that door. And I got out, and I remember I was all sweaty. And when I got out, they all sing, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, Hallelujah. And we had a big party, a uh, big party. And all the ladies were there from Delta. And, Mr. Bonfim, I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry. Now, that was a move of God. Because all of those students that were there from Garrett the Large Seminary, were worshiping the Lord and praising the Lord and singing and singing that song, lifting hands. And was the beginning of a great meeting with God as we went into these large churches in Rio de Janeiro. Now, what I'm saying to you this morning is that to save the lost, you've got to get out of your horse. And you've got to walk where they walk. You've got to go where they go. <laughs> you've got to sit where they sit. You gotta talk like they talk. Now I'm not going to do a, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, paint, paint something on my skin and get somebody to put a ring here and a ring there. No, I'm not going to do that. But their rings and their what do you call it? Piercing and their tattoos will not keep me away from them. Why do women like to have a ring around their nose? I, I don't understand that. It mixes up with a with a snot, and and I I just I don't know why. But it's art, and it is got to be. A lot of women loves that, so I'm not going to reject them, and I'm not going to accuse them, and I'm going to belittle them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to say to them, you know, it looks wonderful. How how are you today? Uh, good to see you. <laughs> so I hope that you today will understand that the power of God to heal the lost is completely different than what you're doing right now. And if you change the way you do it, 
and you change the approach, the lost will come to church and you meet them where they are. Mount Bethel Church in Atlanta has dozens of ministries to reach the lost. All over the city of Atlanta, it is the only church that feeds the poor the way they do. It's only to feed the children. They build houses. All kinds of ways to, to, to reach the lost. And, and I was so proud to see many of them in church uh, the last Sunday. The Lord be with you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just pray this morning, Lord, as we come to serve you, that we be people that will match the work of kingdom work and kingdom living, mixed with the beer drinkers, mixed with those that are totally lost, and be a blessing to them. In Jesus' name I pray and I believe. Amen. Now before we go any further, we just came back from Salvador Bahia. There were close to 100,000 wild people in the streets of Salvador Bahia. We saw it. Our hotel was at the mode where the goddess they worship is called Yamanja. And the group down, the group came down the hill and walked right through them to find a bus in order to go to a service. We went through hundreds and thousands of people bumping at each other. And it was a sight to behold because most of the people in the streets were drunk, yelling and screaming and laying on the ground. And I want you to know that the group that went to Salvador Bahia began a revival in the northeast of Brazil that is about to continue and continue to reach thousands of people by the power of God. If we didn't go there, nothing would have happened. But I want you to know it's happening already. We're meeting the pastors in March 2024, and I'd like for you to be a part of that trip. God bless you. Amen. Clamando no escuro, correndo e 